Are you looking to get into a self-directed retirement fund? Then you should check out EQRP, a truly self-directed retirement plan. Damian Lupo is going to tell you all that you need to know about opening up an EQRP retirement account, what you can and cannot invest your money in, and how to get your savings out tax-free. We also discuss how to start your children's retirement savings plans. It's never too early. And why the future of money is digital. You better get on board before you get run over. Let's just get right down to business. The Joe Roberts Show. This, this is The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. Hello, Damien. Welcome to the show. Let's get rolling by giving us a brief background about your investing experience and what assets you are in today. Yeah, man, Joe, it's great to be here. Um, background, I, I started off the in the 90s, uh, barely. It was like New Year's Eve, 1999, bought my first house on a credit card, bought a bunch more houses after going to some seminars over the next uh, few years and it ended up with 150 houses. And these were houses I owned and I was basically the bank. And so it was a pretty pretty stellar thing. I caught the the tide and was got fairly wealthy uh, with a $20 million portfolio and sold off the houses, went into development all over the country, and then my ego got so big that 2008 taught me a lesson and I went from 20 million to negative 5 million and had to do a little do over in the timeout box for a couple of years. And that was, that was the, the, that was like the first decade of experience. And, and then we went from there and uh, shifted gears and reset and rebooted with a totally different perspective on what to create and why to create it. So from the do over, you know, what can listeners take away? What, what kind of happened and what can people learn from it? Well, what happened is one of, one of the things that I realized is more isn't better. More is just more. And there has to be a reason why you're doing it. Because if you say, well, it's for my family and then you go, that's it. But it's just like, okay, a million. And then you go to two and then 10, you're just going to work yourself to death. And there's never really a purpose. So that was one of the big things. And, and then, so I, I came away with the mission. So it was about money before, and then it went from money to mission. And the mission is to, to break a million people's financial shackles. And what I realized is when you're focused on a mission that really works, that the market wants, and it's for other people, the money follows it. It's not about following your passion. I mean, you can be a passionate baker that has a really terrible cookie recipe and you're going to be broke. So you really have to make sure that the market cares too. And so I, I shifted into that. And then I started shifting into a place where I said, okay, how, how can I serve more people and not just, you know, just not just have a good time. It, it was, it went beyond just feeling good every day. It went into, okay, what's the price I'm going to have to pay to fulfill this mission, this thing. And, and people's shackles, their financial shackles, the bondage, it's like modern day slavery is a pretty big deal to me. And I think for most people, they can resonate with that. No, I agree. A few things I took away there is that uh, I've realized over my uh, life too, is that everyone always seems, especially younger, obviously, as we grow up, you know, and we want to earn an income and we all look at that first million dollars, right? You know, it's always, how can you first get to that first million dollars? And what happens is, you know, once you hit that and then nothing changes in your happiness state of mind, then you're kind of stuck. That's kind of what I, I sensed out of that conversation a little bit. It, it, it's really fascinating. I remember the, the first time I kind of remember the first time I was so busy doing my thing that at one point I realized, Oh my, I have over a million dollars in equity for my real estate, not my house, but like the other houses. And I thought, Oh, okay, that's interesting. And then when I lost everything and then had to recreate and it, I went past it again, it was like one day I went, Oh, cause I remember going from negative 5 million back to like $20,000 net worth and then building. And then one day I was doing something, checking my accounts. And I was like, wow, I actually am 
you know, past a million and I blew right past it. And it was because I was so focused on the doing part. And I think that's, what's important to make sure that you really are into the doing part. And you're, it's not just, it's not just about going to that million. Cause you're right. You get to it and you're like, Oh, now what? Like if that's your focus, it's, it's like the goal versus falling in love with the drivers. If it's just the goal, you get there and then you go, uh, okay, the Super Bowl, I want it. Now what do I do? Like it's, it's kind of a letdown because it's just, it expires. Yeah. And I see so many more people that have success now uh, focusing more on impact. And I don't know if that's just at the age that we're getting to. It's just kind of a natural evolution in the life cycle. But kind of comment on you know, what your goals are there. I think that's a huge part of it. And there's part of it is, is these, these human needs. And I remember hearing these from Tony Robbins. I wrote about it in one of my books, the basic human needs. One of them is significance and it's to prove that we're valuable maybe to ourselves, but usually to other people. And so in the beginning, I was trying to prove that I wasn't an idiot because I dropped out of school and then I got kicked out of school. And, and so at some point I went past that, but I had to spend years trying to prove to people that I wasn't a moron. And now I do things for me. Like back then I remember getting a Ferrari and it was part of that was to showcase that I was successful. And now I'm, I look, I'm like, I don't need to showcase anything. If I got a Ferrari, it'd probably be in the garage most of the time. And I would admire it just for me. So I was serving the ego before, and now I'm serving a deeper purpose, which is contribution. And so there is a shift and it might be the age. I, I think one of the problems is when you're in your twenties, you don't have a clue who you are and you really need time going through stuff to, to really understand that. And I mean, going through it, like getting muddy and bloody. That's how you work to get to the place where you're bald. Like, you know, that's, that's where the wisdom is, man. It's gray and bald. And, and it, you get there because you've gone through a lot of stuff in, in many cases. Yeah, I agree. And I drive a pickup truck and, you know, just driving a pickup truck, I get speeding tickets. And so over the, over the years I've had, you know, my numerous tickets and have had, you know, some fast cars, I had motorcycles and all that. And so now as I see people with Lamborghinis and Ferraris, I'm like, dude, how can you possibly drive that? Because you would just get pulled over and take get your license taken away. Like it just doesn't even make sense. You're, you know, if you're going to buy something like that, you want to drive it as fast as you can. Yeah, there, it's, it's funny, <laughs> you know, when all this stuff was melting down in 2008, there was a neighbor of mine that had one of these, he had in, in our garage or parking garage, he had a Rolls Royce, a Bentley, a, a Ford GT, and then this crazy chopper bike. So he had, you know, a million plus dollars worth of cars sitting in his, his four spots. And he also had a chopper hanging from a ceiling, this hundred thousand plus motorcycle. And I, and he, cause he made custom bikes. And I was like, I guess that's what you do. You start hanging crap from the ceiling when you don't want to drive it. And I thought, all right, I mean, I, to each his own, but yeah, I'm with you. I have a pickup truck and I'm happy that that thing goes from zero to 60 in about 60 seconds. <laughs> That's good. And so, you know, now recently in the last few years, what have you been up to? So the last few years I've, I've spent really this whole decade, I've spent my time focused on giving people options with their retirement money. Because right now, other than the day we're recording this, where the markets have taken a crap, <laughs> there, there's about $30 trillion sitting in retirement accounts. These are like 401ks and IRAs and stuff. And most people have that money in somebody else's hands and they don't have a clue what they can do with it. They generally just hope that the stock market's going to work out. And, and so I've spent the last decade educating people and giving them choices and options and mentoring them so that they have the ability to actually design their life versus having this default crappy casino life, which is called Wall Street. No, that's good. And so what, what part of the journey, you know, for the education aspect, what do you, what do you do to teach people? 
Well, one, I teach them that there are other options other than handing your money over and just smoking a bunch of opium. Like that, that's <laughs> what most people do. <laughs> so I, I, they go, oh, there's another option. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to do a 401k with the S&P 500. You can actually have something called an EQRP that allows you to have control. You can invest in real estate and gold and silver and crypto and like all these things. And first off, they're like, wait a second. I've never heard of this. What is this? This is too weird. And so it, part of it is just opening people's eyes to the different options. And then once they go, okay, this is interesting. And then they realize it's legal. Then they go, not really mad. And, and so we help them not only understand it, get set up, and then really start giving them kind of a team around the compliance and options to invest. So it's, it's, it's really becoming part of a tribe that people are doing because right now most people are isolated and you see this, it's everybody's divisive and we're all split up and splintered and we're doing the opposite. We're bringing people together to, so that they can work together and become free together. So can you go into details? What is a EQRP? Yeah, it's an enhanced qualified retirement plan. It's a, it's, it's a self-directed type of plan that allows you to invest in things. And a lot of us have heard, a lot of people that are listening or watching have heard of self-directed IRAs or even solo 401ks, or these different things. This is more of a dynamic retirement account that allows you to invest in almost anything you want, whether you're by yourself, whether you have employees, whether you hire employees, it's, it's very dynamic. So it really allows you to do whatever you want to, regardless of your situation. And so people go, well, Okay. So they're, they're not even sure what they would do. They're like, well, so that means I could invest in tax liens or rental property or a syndication with other people, like in an apartment or wait, I could do gold, like physical gold. And which you can, you can take physical gold and silver, take it and hold it, which you can't do with an IRA. And even things like the crypto space, which I'm a huge fan of, and I know you are too, where hey, our money system is changing. And having, having all this cash and this liquidity inside retirement accounts, if we can start getting in the game of crypto before it runs over us, I think is an amazing opportunity for a lot of people to use those resources that way. No, I agree. And so for those that have, let's say employees, right? And uh, you know, what does that look like with this plan? So when you have employees and you have a retirement account, one of the things you have to do is include your employees. And so you, you have your employees and it's similar to other, say, 401ks that people have set up in the past. The difference here is that your employees aren't just stuck investing in mutual funds. They have the mutual fund option and they can also do other things. So everybody gets to do more controlling of their assets. And so what tends to happen is cultures of, of businesses tend to be uh, it, it's more of a self-responsible culture. It's it's about people that are saying, I want to be engaged in my future, not just, well, I guess I'll pick mutual fund A. So you tend to have people that are a lot more appreciative of the opportunity to be a part of it versus they are like, oh, well, it's one of my benefits. And and so it, everybody has control and, and gets to choose what they want to invest in, not just which mutual fund, but really what they want to do in general. So everybody under that plan, including the owners and the employees, can kind of self-direct their own account? Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and here's one of the funny things. There's a lot of places, whether it's Schwab or Fidelity or whatever, that say, oh, it's a self-directed 401k. Or an, and, and I go, it's not self-directed? And they go, yeah, and it's free. And I'm like, okay, first off, it's not self-directed because you can't just direct it into a private equity or something else. And two, it's free because you're stuck being self-directed in the Wall Street casino. Like, it's really interesting how people look at these things and they're confused and they're kind of manipulated by the system, but big surprise, it's the system, it's the financial system, it's there to, to rape and pillage you, it's not there to support and make you rich. <laughs> so, and, and so, and kind of for the listeners, when we say self-directed, can you kind of define what that is and what the difference is typically under another plan? 
Yeah, so self-directed means that you actually get to make choices. Um, and so it's interesting because a typical 401k, they give you choices like mutual fund A, international bonds cash, like there's your self-directed, but that's they don't call it self-directed. They just call it a 401k. Self-directed typically runs into IRAs where people think of self-directed, they think of IRAs. And there you get more choices, but you're limited still. Like for example, you, you can't put that much money into it. You can only put like 6,000 bucks a year. So self-directing 6,000 isn't going to make you rich just going to make you old and frustrated. So you got that part. You can't, you can't buy physical gold and silver and hold it yourself. You're, you're limited in terms of control on things and it's very slow. So if you want true self-direction where you have a checkbook, that's what an EQRP is where you have a checkbook. You, you want to do something, you go buy a deal, you can make the deal, you can cut the check today. In the next five minutes, you want to buy some gold, you can make, place a call, wire the funds. Like it's, you have a lot of control. You want to buy some crypto, boom, it's, it's bought and sold. Like it's, it's in your wallet. So like it's, it's really fast. Self-direction means you're, you get to control it. It's a, it's about true control. It's not like fake control. <laughs> and, and I'm sure when you have full control, there has to be some kind of prohibited transactions or some things that you're not allowed to do. Can you kind of go into some details there? Yeah. The biggest ones, you can't do anything that benefits you today. So where people get into trouble, kind of a good case study is people will say, okay, I'm a real estate agent. So I want to buy a rental property with my, re my retirement account. You can't do that if you're the agent and you're getting a commission. So that's how, that's got your, your, there's a current benefit. You can't buy something you're going to get a benefit from like a vacation property. Um, you can't, although you could buy a vacation property that you were going to distribute to yourself when you were 60. So that's one way to get your retirement home. You just buy it now, rent it out, and then you go move into it when you're 60. And, and what, you know, what, what a lot of people are doing is, is they, they say, okay, well, ultimately I want to do things like real estate, crypto, and physical gold and silver. Those are the most common things. Every once in a while, somebody says, I want to flip a card. I'm like, first off, why would you want to do that? That's just a dumb idea. Now, <laughs> I'm not trying to offend you if you flip cars, but give me a break. There's, unless you're doing stuff at the Barrett Jackson where you're making a hundred thousand bucks for a car. Anyways, that's just my little rant. That's usually what gets people into trouble. There's not very many things you can't do. It's, it's mostly you just can't do things you're going to get a current benefit from. You can't invest your retirement money with like parents or kids, but really brothers, sisters, cousins, totally okay. So it's wide open. It's really not as limited as people think, but they're trained to believe that they're, that they shouldn't do anything or they should hand their money over and that it's very complicated. It's really not. So what are the allowed annual contribution limits or how can someone determine how much they can contribute every year to this plan? So it ranges. The minimum is 57,000 per person. So if there's a couple like, you know, you've got a family, kids and everything. So technically like you, you could have over $200,000 that you put into it. It's 57 per person. You can hire your kids. You can actually, it's what's, what's really fun too is you can hire your kids, pay them up to 12,200 bucks. They can put that into a Roth EQRP. You get a tax deduction. They get to put that money in. It grows tax-free. It's never been taxed, never will be taxed. So there's I mean, you just think about the possibilities there, 50, 100, 200,000 per year, you can really build up a massive pile and maybe get to my Mitt Romney's retirement account has over a hundred million bucks in it. So, I mean, that's a good, good goal, I guess. Yeah. Our goal is to beat them out, right? Yeah. yeah we need, so we need nine, nine figures in the retirement accounts, right? That's all, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so in that, the annual contribution limits, right? Uh, does that person need to have a certain amount of earned income or any type of income in that year to be able to do that contribution? 
Yeah. So the, the income, the contribution is based on earned income. It's okay. so if you've got passive income from real estate, none of that's going to count. If it's, it's got to either be schedule C or if it's your own company. So like if you're a 1099 employee and you get schedule C income, that'd be money that's eligible as well as W2 income. If it's your company, those are the two sources. It's got to be, if you boil it down, it's, it's income you get that's subject to social security. And so if it's subject to social security and it's not for another company like that you work for, then it's going to be eligible to put in. And now when can people actually use the funds or the profits that they accrue in the account? Well, it, it kind of depends. I mean, it could be as early as today. So what's interesting is there are ways to convert money to Roth, to pull it out as basis. Typically for the person that's not educated and quite honestly, the people that don't have the right teams, like this is all we do. We're, we specialize in this one thing. And so we know exactly, we're the experts. I wrote the book on it, the QRP book. And most people go, oh, it's 59 and a half. That's when I can take the money. I can show you how to get all your money out next year and do it tax-free at any age, at 38, 39, 40, whatever. So there's lots of ways to do it. And this is where the teams come into play because investing in business is a team sport. It's not meant to be an individual sport. People get into trouble because they try to Google themselves into wisdom. And that is a surefire path to destruction. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a separate topic, but it will be interesting yeah. how the, all the information across all the internet will somehow be aggregated into some kind of better educational platform, right? I mean, that's the problem right now. People go on to Google and you got 20 different opinions and you don't even know which way to go. So therefore, that's why sometimes it's better to go directly to a coach or a company or whatever that could listen to one person's guidance that has success around it, right? I, I see this a lot with all sorts of things. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people with, with opinions and they're, they're kind of like, you know what, they all stink. Uh, the, the problem is everybody becomes a similar authority because they're posted, they're, they're on a blog or they're an opinion. And, and so it's really confusing because you don't know which, which blog is, is more relevant. And then people go, well, this person says this and they're cheaper. And so you know, people have the Walmart factor. And I go, <laughs> yeah, so you're going to get what you get at Walmart. What do you think you're going to get? It's going to break. It's not, it's not right. So it's really about going to authorities and, and quite frankly, you get what you pay for. It's like, if you're going to be your own attorney, good luck when you get sued. It's going to cost you a hundred times more to go hire the attorney afterwards versus getting the right people on your team in the beginning, get the right lawyers, accountants, attorneys, bookkeepers, mentors, not somebody that took a coaching class last weekend. That is your, you're now your coach. Like I, it really, truly it's about the choices you make in up front, the, the foundational 15% that's what matters the most. It's not, it's not just, Oh, I read a lot. I don't care what you read. You're probably on a merry-go-round living the same day over and over. It's freaking groundhog day in your life too. <laughs> so if like one, one, you know, if I want to get started and I'm going to plan myself, I, I have to have earned income for the year. Right. So that's, that's number one. And then two, I, I call you guys up and kind of, you know, what does that process look like? What happens? Well, there's a couple of things. One, if you have old IRAs, 401ks, even if you have a current retirement account where you're working, that can be rolled over because of the CARES Act. So you don't necessarily have to have income yet. You just have to have some way that you're going to get it at some point with the intention, you know, some business, whether it's self-employment or your own business uh, that is going to produce income or likely to, it doesn't have to, but usually what people do is they call and they say, I've got to roll some money over. And, and we say, great. So we set up a plan within a day, they have their plan, the bank account gets set up the following day and they either make new contributions or they roll over or they do both. And usually within a week or two, all the money is sitting there and they start investing. And so what happens if I'm, I start investing and I contribute this year, I contribute the following year. And then maybe there's a year two, five years where I have no earned income. Does the plan become null and void or does it continue on? What are the 
N- not at all. The, it's it's interesting because a lot of people think that if they don't have income, then they don't have a business. And I go, I've had, I've I've launched over fifty businesses. I think I've been close to sixty, and a lot of those businesses didn't have income. They all had the possibility and intention of income and therefore they're legitimate businesses. What you can't do is have a company that you file that's just a shell that has no intention or no business purpose. That's where people get into trouble. But if you don't have income, it's it doesn't matter. The, the plan isn't null and void. It's just, you know, is there a business that has the potential for income? Another interesting case study, a, a number of our clients have move to Puerto Rico. So they had their plan and then they wanted to get access to their money. So what they did is they moved to Puerto Rico, then they convert to Roth. They move their money from traditional to Roth and that creates an active income event. Well, if they're in Puerto Rico, there's some tax advantages because of what you know about with Act 20 and 22. So they're able to convert their money to Roth and not pay any taxes on the conversion because they moved to Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico is an interesting way to get your money to tax-free status. Once it's Roth, you can pull it all out tax-free at any age. So really powerful. That's why I said it's 59 and a half. It depends on what you're doing. If you move in, you know, if you, if you go from uh, Panama city to Puerto Rico, you move that, you know, from one ocean side to the next. And all of a sudden you can take taxes out of the equation completely, even in your retirement account. And so if you have this plan set up and you have earned income, just to clarify, let's say I get to age 50 and I, I'm done working. I decide I'm done working, but now I still have to wait to 59 and a half. Does that plan allow to stay open or does it have to be converted by law? No, it, it, it's, it, you, you have all sorts of flexibility. So okay. you can, it, the plan can stay open. It can, it can close. You can convert, you can pull money out. Like there's, there's nothing that has to happen between 50 and 60. And really the only thing that has to happen is when you hit 72, then you're going to have some required minimum distributions. But I mean, for most of us, that is just not something that's really that significant. And if the government forces you to pull a few percent of your money out at 72, fine. But the bigger question is when you're 38, 40, 50, what are your options then? Because that's where most people are sitting there thinking, what do I do? So a lot of listeners probably invest in real estate in some capacity, whether as an LP or a GP. So what does that process look like after we set up an account with you? So investing as as a um, a limited partner, that's what this is meant for. It's meant for you having it as passive income uh, and passive investments. It's it, the EQRP is not and, and no self directed plan, no retirement account is meant to be an active thing, meaning you're a general partner, you're using that money to invest directly because then you're you're running a business and that's not what it is. But when you're a limited partner, you're an LP in, in a syndication working with other people and investing your money, it's perfect. And it's actually much better. So here's one of the interesting things, another great case study. A lot of people will invest and they'll say, well, I want to invest personally because I get all the tax benefits. And if I use my retirement account, I lose the depreciation and stuff. The problem is most people are investing in deals that they're in and out of in five years. That's kind of a normal. And if you do that at the end of the five years, yes, you're getting depreciation for the first year or two, everything's happy. But in five years, you have a ginormous tax bill. And so people go, oh yeah, but I'll do something else. I'm like, maybe you will, but you're not going to 1031 it, not with a bunch of other people. And so you're stuck paying a whole bunch of taxes. If you had instead invested retirement account money into that, that limited partnership or that syndication, there is no tax event because your money's still inside your retirement account. So it's, especially when it's a Roth account, that is the ultimate way to invest in syndications and real estate deals. It's, it's much better for short-term deals than going in personally as an individual. And just to clarify Roth, because we mentioned it a few times, what, what, is, it, what is Roth? 
So Roth is a an after-tax account, meaning your money, either you pay taxes and put it in into the retirement account. And, and the EQRP has both a traditional, which is pre-tax, and it has Roth, which is post-tax. So you can either pay taxes and put your money in as contribution, or if you have money that's pre-tax that's already in, like you have an IRA or something that's, that's pre-tax, and you convert it to an EQRP, you can convert in the plan. It's called an in-plan rollover. It converts from traditional to Roth. So the, the goal is to get to Roth, get all your money to Roth so that you don't pay taxes when you pull it out. That's what the big game is. No taxes down the road instead of who knows what your taxes are going to be. I think they're going to be significantly higher down the road. They're not going to be lower. <laughs> I know it'll be interesting. At some point, they have to go up, right? They got to pay for this deficit we have going on. That's so what? <laughs> so from a uh, a asset protection standpoint, you know what benefits might this type of plan offer? This is one of the things that's super valuable when you have a an EQRP and it's governed by ERISA, which is the Employee Retirement Investment Security Act from 1973. That that particular act made this the funds and the assets in here bulletproof. Like you're never going to see somebody that gets sued that loses their 401k. And it's because ERISA is governing that. And that's what, what make, one of the things that makes this is this really unique. Whereas like an individual IRA or a solo 401k doesn't have that same protection. This actually has protections with ERISA. So in terms of asset protection, there's very little that's better or more sound or more bulletproof than this is. All right. And now how about to the checkbook control, right? You, you basically issue a checkbook to a new client that uh, for the retirement account, and then they could go out and invest in a real estate syndication, right? And then uh, that passive income comes back into that bank account. Uh, you know, from a record keeping standpoint, you know, what are the requirements or what do you guys offer? So in terms of record keeping, really, this is, it's as simple as you keeping a QuickBooks folder. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot going on. This is not some complicated crypto stock dividend splitting, like that kind of stuff. You should have some third party. Uh, we don't do record keeping because on purpose, this is meant to be you in control of your stuff. You could always, I always recommend people have a bookkeeper do it, but they're still driving it. They're still, it's not handing your money over to somebody and saying, okay, keep track of this for me. It's really you still being in the driver's seat. So it's up to you and we, we provide the guidance for the compliance, but most people have 10 to 15 transactions a year. It doesn't really require to ha having, uh, you know, PricewaterhouseCoopers to govern your, your accounting. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Now I'm sure for anybody who's used to being in a traditional Vanguard account or where they're not self-directing their assets, they're maybe a little leery of whether or not this is legal or if it's allowed and they're always checking around. Is there, any type of case law out there or kind of, you know, how do you answer the question when somebody's nervous about whether it's legal? Well, a couple of things. One, this has been around for almost 50 years. And two, you actually, as part of your plan, you have a letter from the IRS that has blessed it in advance. So this is not a Wesley Snipes strategy where you do something and hope it works out and then you end up going to prison. Like this is the IRS has already gone through the plan and they've already approved it. And that's part of what you get when you actually set one up. Well, that, that, that should answer that, right? <laughs> I mean, there's, if, if the IRS isn't going to attack their own stuff. Like they've already gone through and they've already said here, and you've got your IRS letter and your IRS uh, director that's, that says, okay, this is approved. Like there's nothing to think about at that point. Got it. So basically, unless the person who's managing the account screws it up, then they shouldn't see any problem whatsoever. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, it's interesting because the, the EQRPs have, they're more lenient than an IRA. So if you screw it up, you just fix it. Uh, and so even if with the guidance of our team, if you did something and you messed up, it's really not that big of a deal when you fix it. If you screw up an IRA, some of the penalties can be the entire amount of the account. So very different type of screw up and penalty and pain. 
I know you mentioned through the conversation about maybe having your kids on payroll or something. How do we get started so our younger generations and kids can start participating in these retirement accounts? It's really as simple as just figuring out what your kids can do. So once you figure out your kids, like, I mean, I know a lot of kids know social media way better than their parents. And so they can do a lot of that kind of stuff. And if you've ever hired somebody for social media, social media, it's not cheap. Uh, that's one way they can take out the trash. They can model for advertising. There's a lot of things kids can do. And once they do that, you pay them, then they can literally contribute and their money goes in. It goes into the Roth EQRP, which is also interesting because you can pull those contributions out anytime. So if they're six years old, and they put in 10,000, 12,000 a year. And then at 18 or 20, they said, Hey, mom and dad, I'd like to take this money out. Well, you can say, okay, you know what? We can pull the money out that we put in tax-free penalty free, very cool options. And then it, all that, all the growth is, is going to grow forever tax-free. And how do you think we get the younger generations, just people that are not aware of these accounts to, you know, learn more about and move them forward. <laughs> Gotta get more people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, right? I mean, definitely uh, listen to the podcast, but more, I guess more importantly, you know, reach out to a company that can best guide you and what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Um, I mean, the, the stuff I've learned over the last decade, it's just been light years or never taught, you know, through any school system. And it just amazes me at, still amazes me how much we don't learn that we really need to know in life when it comes to finances. And I hope they, uh, you know, do better with the younger generations. I, I do too. The, the problem now and the solution is that there's unlimited information, but we are truly drowning in information. And the, and the, the, the scarce wisdom is what we're trying to find amongst all the noise. And so with the kids, it's not that they don't have the information. It's just that there's FOMO. They're all over the place. They're chasing a feed in every direction. And they're like, I don't know which direction's up. And all my friends are doing this and that and other thing. So sometimes it's just about simplifying. And, and when you do that, I think we're going we're gonna to boomerang. We're actually going to go more simplified. It's like even now with this whole COVID thing, it's, it's fascinating watching how many people like you and me are going into a place where we're starting to farm more and we're thinking about our food. And we're just, we're simplifying a lot of stuff and cutting out all of the the super fast vibrating nonsense that really doesn't matter. And as we're talking about investments into real estate, crypto or stocks, I mean that and, and technology kind of give us your opinion on just where the future of money and that, where that's going. So there's no doubt that the, the future of money is going to be digital, that we are, we are shifting into a crypto state globally. Every major government, every major central bank is all working on centralized control. So my, my thinking is that there's going to be a war between freedom and centralized control. It's going to be the Bitcoin versus Fedcoin. It's going to be that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, that's what we see happening. And the other thing too, there's a reason that so many places, China and Russia in specifically, have been accumulating unbelievable amounts of physical gold. My belief is that we're going to see China China take their gold reserves and partially back a cryptocurrency, a crypto yuan. And so they're going to say, hey, we want to compete with the dollar and we actually have backing. It's not just a printing press. That is going to be based on blockchain. And so when all this is happening, people are going to watch gold do really well and they're going to watch crypto. And we don't know what the crypto is going to look like other than if you're not in the game, you're going to get run over by it. That, that's very interesting. And what, uh, from a technology standpoint, and, and, you know, talking about crypto, what are you seeing as a great investment or what are people using the retirement account to invest in, in that area? 
So probably a majority of the people that I know of that, that share this stuff with us, uh, they're, they're going and they're investing in Bitcoin because it's kind of the gold standard. It's got the most adoption. The, the other stuff with Ethereum and, these, and smart contracts and all the stuff with DeFi that's happening, there's unbelievable opportunity. And it's hard to keep up with it unless you spend a lot of time, as you know. So I don't know that most people are that deep into it to even know where to go. So I always tell people the first thing to do is just start, get some Bitcoin, because at least you know that it's been around the longest and it'll lead you into other things. But where, where this goes, um, I think, like you said earlier, everything is heading in that direction. And, and so to not be a part of it, I think you're going to get run over. It, real estate is a great example. So many things are very slow and stodgy and manual. And the more things go to smart contracts and the more they get streamlined with this technology, the more people like real estate agents are going to get totally destroyed. They're not going to, they're not going to know it hit them because they're trying to hold on to a system that worked really well. They made a lot of money. And then overnight you're going to have the, the red fins and the, and the, you know, the, these different platforms that are, that people are going to say, wait, I can get everything basically the same, but I'm not going to be paying five or 6%. I think that a lot of agents are just holding on to something. It's like they're holding on to their butt, their horse and buggy. Right now they're getting their last hurrah in the market for the next couple of years, maybe why these interest rates are compressed. But once that's all done and the party's over, then <laughs> party party's over. I mean, like right now what's happening, it's most people are buying stuff sight unseen. They're doing using virtual technology. Well, okay. So what's the agent's purpose? I mean, you're getting no. AI now. Google has this and, and the AI where you call and you think you're talking to a human being, but it's actually AI. It's Watson based and all this stuff. So, What's the purpose of the agent? Well, they're going to help you navigate. Most people, AI can do almost everything. And virtually, I think it's going to get to the point where the agent that had the, the fat commissions, there's a lot of good people, but that industry is going to change and, uh, and you know get ahead of it or get crushed by it. And for those that are looking to set up their own account and self-direct and are maybe just getting started investing or they're kind of looking around how they could take control of their money and where to go, what kind of advice would you do give to those people and kind of their search of what, you know, where to go. Well, the first thing I would do is tell them to get a copy of the book and the report I wrote. And, and then, you know, that you want to get the information from the source there. It's, it's always fascinating to me. You see this in my, I'm seeing this personally. I see this with a lot of companies out there. Something works and everybody tries to rip off and duplicate. They call it R and D, but they basically just borrow it. I see a lot of people that are trying to use uh, funny names and say, well, we have the same kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's not the same thing. So the only ones that, that have the EQRP and the QRP are us. There are other ripoff artists that are out there and you can find them on the internet that try to do these things. And, and so really go to the source. I mean, I wrote the book on this stuff. And so why would you want to go and say, oh, somebody's got an opinion because they read the IRS code for five minutes and now they've got something I should read. I think it's useless. So the first place to, to start is just get the education from the source and then go from there because then you're going to have a rational basis for making a decision on what you want to do. How about just replacing their capital in different assets? How can people source, you know, or make a determination of what's best to invest in? I find that sometimes a problem. You know, it's very easy to kind of say, set up your account and all that. And then people are like, wow, I got this money, but do I go, what's it? You know, I mean, I know anybody, know anybody that does syndication or I don't know what stocks are going to go up. And now they're in this spot where they don't know because they've never been taught. So you, you, that, that's the key. They haven't been taught. They haven't been through something. Usually what I'll tell people is find somebody that's doing what you want to do and, and piggyback on them and go and just buy some of their time. Buy the, you know, it, people will, will say, well, I want to get invested. And I go, good, invest in you first. And well, what does that mean? Well, go find somebody that's already doing it, model them, mimic them, just you know, give them a massage and stick around, hang out with them so you learn. 
and and leverage on their money and their mistakes so you're not going out there i mean one mistake can easily cost fifty hundred thousand dollars in real estate you screw something up how do i know that because i've done it dozens of times <laughs> you know it's 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 really a hack and the problem is most people are trying to speed everything up because they're impatient and then they end up paying for that with the mistakes instead of saying, okay, well, I'm going to, a good friend of mine went out and he basically found a guy that was doing real estate while this kid was in college. He went to the guy and said, I want to kind of get buy you coffee. And the guy said, no, but you can come meet me at a property. The kid showed up and he started creating value. He didn't ask the guy what he could do. He just started doing it. And a year later, the guy goes, you're so valuable to me. You have to be my partner. And three years later, the kid's financially free, not just like BS financially free, but truly he didn't have to work the rest of his life. He's 24. And it was because he showed up and started doing. Most people are waiting for something to happen. They're waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. They're waiting for somebody to tell them how to, how to get involved, how to help them. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen. It's like the secret. Bags of money are not going to fall from the sky and hit you in the head. You got to go out there and do something. I agree there. Bring value to others. Network equals your net worth, right? <laughs> and so for everybody who you know wants to get started, give Damien a call. He could answer any questions, right? Or they, he could you reach out to you. And we'll leave off with our final question. And what is the biggest thing that you've implemented in your life that has increased your net worth? The biggest thing I've implemented is hiring A's. And when I say A's, I'm talking about A-level people. And these are people that show up ready to just execute, that you get the hell out of the way. What most people do is, is they act like it's the Walmart factor. They're looking for cheap things. They look for cheap people and they, you get what you pay for. You end up with B's and C's. And for the most part, that's never going to accelerate you. You hire A's and people that, you know, your, their salary is 100, 150, 200,000 a year. These are the people that go out there and crush it and they make you 5, 10, 100 times that that one thing is a mental mind shift. I mean, it really is is a shift more than anything when you realize that people, rock stars, create wealth. They don't cost you anything. I like <laughs> that's very good. That's that's good. I mean, that's how I guess Amazon scaled, right? I mean, he just hires the best of the best, puts them in the right positions, and then scales fast. I mean, that, that's it. It's playing, it's playing chess to a degree. One of my favorite tools for that is the culture index. And we use it. It's almost an unfair advantage when you're working with people because it gives you, there's a lot of personality profiles and I've, I think I've used them all on myself and other people, but the, the culture index is by far the best one that, and I, I mentioned it in Unicornomics, one of the books I wrote, it's, it's how we figure out what seats to put people in and so that they thrive. And so the business thrives and so that they're not frustrated and we don't get frustrated because if, if you have happy, thriving people, businesses do amazing things. I mean, Jeff Bezos did not do it on his own. He had unbelievable firepower that was driving things all over the place. No, I agree. Well, I, I appreciate you having you on today. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to reach out to you. What is the best way they could do that? Best thing to do to, to learn more about me is my, my focus is primarily on the EQRP. And so to get information about that, just send a text to the number 72,000 with the word EQRP, and it'll give you a report that sums up what we talked about. And if you have further questions or you just want to pick my brain, whatever, shoot me a text after and say, Hey, I want more of your time and we'll set up a call. And so EQRP to 72,000 is how you get the ball started. Well, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Joe. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and review. See you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to The Joe Roberts Show. Take these tips and insights that you can use to help grow your own personal wealth and share them with a friend that could also benefit. Don't miss a single episode or updates. Subscribe to our email list at joerobert.com. And as always, keep pushing yourself towards a more impactful life.